You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to episode 81 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors uh, regarding the upcoming Star Wars films, uh, especially Rogue One, which we're going to be talking about this week because we've got a brand new trailer. Um, Seems like just, you know, not that long ago we were talking about the last one, but um, we're back with a new one already, uh, and the movie is just a couple months out, uh, so we are excited and ready to go. As always, I am your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? In the words of the great Yogi Berra, it's deja vu all over again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is our sixth trailer we're talking about since we started this podcast for new Star Wars movies, and while it does seem familiar it never gets old especially when they're as good as <laughs> they have been all six of them really i mean get us so pumped up and i think this one is no exception so yeah i can't wait to dive into it yeah man that is crazy to think about like not only is it the sixth star wars movie trailer that we've had to talk about since we started doing this podcast back in 2012 but it's really the sixth one that we've had to talk about in the past like two years really yeah um that's true so yeah i mean which makes sense that they would release like three trailers for each movie but still uh you know when you think about seeing that much new footage and stuff like that in that short of an amount of time just remember how it was you know once episode seven started shooting in 2014 and how it set like forever till we're gonna actually see footage from that movie (laughs) and like you said in the span of just two years we're getting all this new footage now in these six trailers so Mm -hmm. yeah man this It flies by, but we just got to enjoy it. Yeah, and this is our 81st episode. It was episode 78 where we talked about the last trailer they released, which means we either need to record more episodes or they're just releasing these trailers really fast, uh, (laughs) or probably some of both. Yeah, it's probably a combination of both. Yeah. (laughs) Because the last one came out in August, and now we're in October, so it's just like a month and a half or a full two months. I forget what exactly the second one came out but like the span of two months i mean that's a pretty short time to get new trailers especially for star wars movies i mean yeah never would have dreamt that we we always talk about getting a star wars movie every year but now getting trailers a few months apart there's too many of them (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> exactly. But again, can't complain. Yeah, I was like, you can't really have too many Star Wars trailers as long as they don't, you know, give away the whole plot of the movie and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, let's dive right into it. Um, man, well, I guess, you know what? We could talk about this poster first, too, because yesterday uh, we got, you know, the the reveal of this poster and the announcement that a trailer was coming today. So that was sort of the first indication that, oh, this is going to be a good week of Star Wars stuff. Um, and we were planning to record an episode this week anyways, just because it's been a couple of, a couple weeks since our last one. Um, and then, you know, when I got the or saw the announcement yesterday that there was a new trailer coming out, I immediately texted you and was like, well, we're recording tomorrow night. Yep. <laughs> um, but also we got this poster to go with it, which uh, looks pretty sweet in its own right. Yeah, I love this poster. I mean, it just fits nicely with the rest. And I think it's when you compare it to the main Force Awakens one we got, I think I like this one better. You got all the main characters on there, kind of all centered. And you got Jin at the top being you know the most prominent but the coolest part of it is in the background you got the death star and darth vader's face mixed into it and then you got part of the death star plans over Jin's face and a little bit of her uh, costume too and this all blends together real nicely of driving home the point of this movie the rebel heroes stealing the death star plans and you just get all of that in that one poster and then at the bottom you got the stormtroopers on Scarif, Star Destroyers, X-Wings, the U-Wings, TIE Fighters, the TIE Strikers, the AT-ACTs. I'm going to say that right. <laughs> All that good stuff. But the one complaint, how can you not have the Death Troopers on here? I mean, come on. This is They're almost the face of this movie when it comes to the Imperials. They're on the boxes of all the toys and stuff they have to be on the poster you got a few stormtroopers in there that easily could have been the six death troopers or if you want to mix them in a few death troopers stormtroopers short troopers that would be awesome but one little nitpick and you know it's going to come from me being the death trooper fanboy that i am but other than that i really like this poster i think it's really cool Mm -hmm. yeah i mean as much as it would be cool if they had death troopers on here like just looking down at the I don't know, just the way that the the whole bottom part of it is laid out. I think that might be my favorite part where it's got, you know, the Scarif beach in the background and you've got, you know, like you said, a Star Destroyer and the Starfighters and the Walkers and um, just this row of Stormtroopers standing there. And I mean, I I love the design of the Death Troopers and I can't wait to see them in this movie, but I can understand how from a marketing perspective um, and even a design perspective, too. I mean, the Stormtroopers kind of stand out nicely here, but also they're just so like iconic and recognizable. Um and I think you got to have a bunch of them on there. And with the Death Troopers, like, I mean, like you said, it does seem like they're going to function as just like a singular like squad and a unit in this movie. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much of them we'll see in action. I don't know how many of them we'll see, like how many actual troopers there are. But, um, yeah, I don't think this is like a whole big platoon or whatever. You know, I, I don't think there's a ton of these guys out there. Like this might be Krennic's own little you know side project. Um and so you can't, like, replace all the stormtroopers with death troopers, but I also think it would be weird if you put, like, one death trooper in there because I think there's always got to be at least, like, three or four of them. So um, I don't know. I'm happy with it. And and overall, like I said, just the just the visual aesthetic of that um, with, you know, the water and the clouds and everything, I think it's, it's just a really cool image. But then also, you know, the pictures of the characters and stuff too. Um, I l- really like the way that the Death Star plan is kind of – overlaid on Jin's face here that's like a little subtle detail that I didn't pick up on it uh the first time when I saw this because I think I just probably saw it on my phone um 
but then looking at the full image here on my computer screen, yeah, you can definitely tell there's like, you know, some blueprints or something kind of highlighted on her face and that looks really cool. And then of course the, um, sort of the, the faded image of, uh, Vader in the background against the Death Star and we know how ominous that's going to be. Um, so yeah, overall, you know, very, uh, very nice bit of graphic design here for whoever made this poster. And, and you know what's interesting too? Like you were saying you think you like it better than The Force Awakens one. Um, and I don't know if I have a favorite. I would say from a design standpoint, maybe I would say I like the Rogue one a little bit better. Um, because it's got, like instead of just the black background, it's got, again, you know, sort of the water and the, the clouds and stuff. Um for a bit of a more varied background there, but then also it's a little bit less busy. Like you don't have two lightsabers and a staff kind of crisscrossing. Um, but just sort of the, the overall layout of it in terms of like the position of the characters and then, um, like the row of stormtroopers going across the bottom, it has, it has actually laid out pretty similarly, uh, to the force awakens one. Um, so yeah, yeah the that, only thing I was thinking of now that I'm looking at it right now, you got Krennic mixed in with all the other rebels. It, it can kind of give you the, the idea that he's part of that group. I was thinking too, maybe if they were to take a cue from the Force Awakens one, where you had Captain Phasma on the bottom in front of uh, all the stormtroopers and that, if they did a little, somewhere that where Krennic's down on the bottom with the other stormtroopers, and that'd be a perfect way to get his squad of dead troopers there with him. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's going to be cause like too much like confusion for those who pay attention to posters really as far as looking for plot details but it's just something from a design standpoint where i guess maybe giving props to doing something different for not copying the exact layout of the force awakens was regarding the troopers and the bad guys so just something i'm kind of noticing now where krennix is in the, is in the middle of all the heroes there kind of blending in and not standing out as being one of the bad guys mm-hmm. also a random note uh i think for whatever reason, Cassian here in the middle of this poster looks an awful lot like Nathan Fillion. Um, <laughs> just the way that he's posed in, uh, you know, in this particular uh, artistic rendition, I guess. But um, yeah, so that was really cool to see. Um, but anyway, let's jump into uh, now talking about the trailer itself. Um and, you know, getting to see actual glimpses of new stuff from the movie. And we had talked about this. Uh, I know you and Paul and I were talking about this on Battlefront just last night. But I think we um, probably talked about this on our last uh, episode, too, as far as just speculating about what we might see in a trailer and thinking that it probably wouldn't be too different from some of the other ones just because, you know, it's coming out so soon after the last one we got. And, uh, you know, the movie's almost here. Uh, but there was actually kind of a surprising amount of new footage in here. Um, and at the same time, like, I think we've seen, like, all pretty much all the locations and all the battles and stuff that are going to be in this movie. But this still felt like we were seeing some fresh stuff and not just like, oh, yeah, we know that, we know that, we know that. Yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised as far as the amount of new footage we got. I didn't really notice too much of you know, duplicated shots that they use in previous trailers, which is awesome. And again, like you said, some were speculating on if they would do that. So it was definitely, as I was watching the trailers going, oh man, it's all new stuff and it's all looking great. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, I guess, looking back on it, we were kind of thinking if it's a good thing or a bad thing, not wanting to see too much of it so close, not even just with the trailers of how close that they released, but just how close we are to the movie as well right now. But 
in the end, I'm glad <laughs> they decided to give us more new footage because, man, it's just going to be super pumped up for this movie. It's just looking incredible. And, yeah, we talked about this with the second trailer, too. I just got to bring it up again. This movie just looks so beautifully shot. The way it opens with that that opening shot of that shuttle flying over the the beach of that planet and you see, like, the ring going down in the sky. It looks like it's Krennic ship going to meet uh, Galen Erso on his home planet, it looks like, but it just looks so beautiful. And so many other shots that you get in here where it's the landscaping, the cinematography, it just looks like... I'm going to say something that... I mean, you got to wait till we see the movie, but right now, just on this trailer, is like the most beautifully shot Star Wars movie. This looks incredible. All the environments, it just visually, it just blows you away. And not even... The, the action stuff looks great, too, but just when you get simple moments, like in the beginning where we see the shuttle flying over that beach or the shuttle landing or just more wide landscape shots of the different planets like Jeddah and Scarif. It just looks so, so beautiful. And man, I'm already can't wait till we get it on <laughs> Blu-ray to see it shine in HD. So it's mm-hmm. going to look incredible. No, I completely agree. Um, yeah, just some of the landscape shots in here are amazing. Um, but story-wise, um, I think probably the biggest thing, biggest new thing that we got in this trailer um is pretty much the stuff they talk about right at the beginning. And you see uh, what I'm assuming is going to be how the movie starts off, where, like you said, it's uh, mm-hmm. Krennic and his death troopers paying a visit to uh, Galen Erso um, on his homestead on this, uh, you know, planet that uh, I don't think this is Scarif. Um, no, I don't think so. But it's another, you know, planet with uh, a beach and then, um, you know, some more like grassy mountainous uh, areas where he lives, I guess. Um, by the way, I just thought it was interesting to point out, like, so far of all the live action canon Star Wars movies, every main hero either has to come from a desert planet or a moisture farm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Definitely see a lot of moisture evaporators on this. Yeah, so it, it looks like Galen Erso, just like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, is working as a humble moisture farmer, uh, just not in the desert, which means he's probably doing a little bit better for himself, I would guess. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know what? I I love the fact that on, I think it was on our last episode, was it our last one where we were talking about uh, the synopsis for Rogue One Catalyst? Yeah. The, the Catalyst novel? Um, yeah, and just, you know, uh, after having read that and sort of knowing a a little bit already of the backstory between uh, the Urso family and Krennic, you know, now seeing this play out um, at the beginning of this trailer in what looks like it's going to be a flashback uh, in the movie. Um, or, you know, the movie could just start with this and then sort of jump forward like 10, 15 years or whatever. Um, but, you know, you see Galen standing out there um, as Krennic and his death troopers come up um, and he tells Jin that, uh, you know, whatever he does, he's doing it for her and, uh, you know, ask her if she understands. And she's just a little kid at this point. Um, and then you don't really see what happens to him, but obviously sort of knowing what we know, you kind of can assume that, um, he either was taken prisoner or just, you know, went willingly with the Imperials and ends up becoming like their top scientist on the Death Star project. Um, and then you see, uh, Jin sort of wake up in a cell, um, as if she's just been dreaming about that or something. Um, which I think is, you know, maybe kind of a cool way to incorporate like flashbacks into a star Wars story. Cause again, that's not really something that they use as a, 
a storytelling device but if that were like the beginning of the movie and then suddenly you know she just sort of wakes up from a dream or whatever like i don't mind that so much because then it's like it's part flashback part just you know telling one part of the story and then jumping forward and telling the rest of the story um it's not like oh wait hang on we got to go back and have a flashback scene in the middle of the movie um but then the yeah. other th- oh go ahead i was, I was gonna say i'm kind of torn as far as how i think this is gonna play out because when we saw all this early shots before like other trailers of this moment i kind of thought this was going to be the beginning of the movie it just starts as uh, Jin as a child and we're going to see you know galen confront krennic and the death troopers and all that stuff and then it would just that would be it then we'd gradually proceed into the main story but in this trailer this is one of the things that stood out to me where we did get a where we get revealed to us where this is actually kind of a dream slash flashback sequence that we see Jin wake up from. So that made me think, well, maybe the movie isn't going to start off with this sequence where maybe we'll see Jin get captured and then we see her, you know, maybe kind of doze off and then we get go into this flashback and we see her wake up at the same time too. Like you said, this still could be the opening of the movie. And then our introduction to the current Jin is when she wakes up from this and that is the first time we see her in the movie so Mm -hmm. i think it could be cool to play out both ways i'm not sure (laughs) which one i'm leaning towards which i think would maybe be the best but either way it's going to be in the flashback sequence and we're going to see Jin wake up from it so Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm just curious to see how it is end up going to be if this is going to be the first scene in the actual movie or not yeah i mean as of right now i would i i think i'm going to put my money on that being the first scene and Jin waking up because this is sort of the way i'm piecing together the story right now just from this trailer and the other stuff that we've gotten so far now obviously they can edit stuff out of order in a trailer just to you know make things look like cause and effect when really it's you know shots from two different scenes or whatever um but the fact that Jin then wakes up she's in a prison cell and then you see uh, some rebel guys like blow up a door, take out some stormtroopers, and rescue Jin. Um, and like it seems like this is going to be um, sort of their their motivation for her joining the rebellion and everything is like they know that her like they they've found this transmission from her father or whatever um, and know that he's working on the Death Star project and they specifically seek her out and break her out of prison to be like, hey, we need you. Um, which I think is really cool, but I didn't get that vibe from the first trailer because, you know, she's in the rebel base and they're running through her list of offenses and it looked like she still had handcuffs on. And so I thought that she maybe had just gotten captured by the rebels and that, um, you know, basically instead of serving a sentence in prison, they were like, Hey, you know, you want to, uh, you know, fix your mistakes and help out and do some good. Like we could use you for this mission. Um, so I'm wondering if that was like the plan all along and we just didn't realize it or if that was something they changed in the reshoots. But suddenly that, that was like a light bulb going off in my head. Yeah. Like, oh, the beginning of this movie and the reason for Jin's inclusion in this mission and everything suddenly makes so much more sense. Like, of course, why would you not like seek out this guy's daughter uh, if you find out, you know, that some guy who's working on the Death Star like wants to defect or share knowledge about it or whatever? Um you know, who would know him better than his own daughter to like try to get in contact with him or, or break him out or whatever's going to happen. So uh, that's how I think this is going to play out. Um, and it was cool. That's a to... great point though, about the reshoots. So was, I didn't think of that when I was watching the trailer, but as I was seeing it for the first time, I was kind of surprised. Oh, they're revealing this specific info and plot point of the movie that she was captured by the empire first. Cause like you, I just thought the same thing. She was in rebel custody before, beforehand. And when the movie starts and, 
you know, she didn't have anything to do with the Empire just yet. But it, I agree where I think this does make more logical sense where, yeah, the Empire would want to go after her first. And the Rebels, you know, they know who she is as well. And they she could be an asset to them. So they want to break her out. So yeah, that is interesting. Now, I kind of think that maybe that was a reshoot change because all the times we were talking about this before, it was always where she was under Rebel custody and didn't even think about that. Maybe the Empire had her first. But that was one of those things, too, where I was kind of surprised that they revealed that in this trailer. But at the same time, too, it goes into... I was saying maybe it was a change in the reshoot where they wanted to get that point across now where the Empire had her first and, you know, she's such a valuable asset to both that uh, the Rebels want to break her out also. So, but either way, though, it's pretty cool to get that reveal in this trailer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if we'll ever find out at some point, like, what stuff was originally (laughs) supposed to be in there, what was added in the reshoots. Because also... You know, now, like now that I realize that I'm thinking like, well, man, that makes so much sense. Like, why would they not have had that in there from the beginning? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it does look like a cool sequence. Though. I don't know how long it's going to be, but seeing the rebels actually break some prisoners out of Imperial custody. And I wonder if they're just going to go for Jin. You would think they try to rescue everybody from there and maybe try to recruit whoever they can. But or they were just there specifically for Jin, and they just had to hurry up and get her out and didn't have time to rescue the rest. So just to be an interesting sequence to see play out, too. Yeah. And also looking, so I'm kind of watching the trailer again, muted as we're going through this. It looks like maybe she's even being held on a Star Destroyer. Um, yeah, it could be possible that she's on some type of ship or transport or something. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking because, um, you know, the first series of shots here, you see like... Uh, like a city on a planet and then it kind of pans up and there's a star destroyer floating overhead. And then the next thing you see is this door blowing open and stormtroopers going flying. And, you know, I'm like, is it just showing that there's an Imperial presence there on the planet and they're breaking Jin out of an Imperial prison or are they showing the star destroyer because that's where she's being kept? I'm kind of thinking it's one of those moments where the trailer is showing stuff out of sequence. Yeah. And that could be too, but I don't think, she's going to be captured on Jetta. I have a feeling that that's just going to be their first stop because we know she goes to Yavin base to mm-hmm. meet with the rebels. Oh first. yeah. Well, and here's the thing though, like this, this, uh, city that you see in this shot with the, the star destroyer overhead. I mean, my first thought watching the trailer for the first time was that that was Jetta, but now I'm looking at it going like, you know, it's a brief enough glimpse. Like we don't really see the ground or what the terrain of this planet is. It could be a different planet maybe i don't know i'm still it does look like it has the vibe of jetta though to me it's from the other stuff we've seen yeah i mean sort of but yeah i I don't think the movie's gonna start out on jetta with Jin being captured and then they break out go to the yavin base and then go back there yeah um but yeah i don't know And, and like you said it could just be one of those shots that's in there just to show a star destroyer and show that there's imperials in the movie um but anyway, yeah, so that certainly sets things up for, in, you know, kicking off the movie to an interesting start. Um, and then, of course, you know, we see uh, some more stuff with them talking in the base about the Death Star and uh, her dad and their plans to stop it and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and other other than the stuff with her and her dad, there's not really any new information about the story um and again we pretty much know how the story is going to play out it's just going to be a bunch of cool battle scenes and the rebels trying to figure out you know how to get the death star plans and i'm sure her father's going to play into come into play at some point um 
whether they have to, you know, rescue him or just try to get in contact with him or something. Um, but yeah, most of this is just, you know, really cool imagery. Um, of course we get to see some more shots of Vader, uh, you know, TIE fighters, X-wings, all that good stuff. Um, so, I mean, again, we could, you know, go through this shot by shot and analyze everything, but, uh, Tim, were there any like particular big standout moments for you in here? Yeah, there was a few. <laughs> the first one was, I'm ashamed to say, I didn't notice right away. And that was the one where we get that wide shot on the surface of Jeddah. You see the U-Wing flying by. And I just thought, okay, it's a cool shot of the planet. And there's some rocky terrains there, a mountain. But then I see people tweet images about it. And I say, oh, man, that's in the shape of a Jedi Knight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's holding a lightsaber. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, that's just awesome. I can't believe I didn't notice that at first. But Yeah, I didn't either. But it's just so cool. It's again, I'm just fascinated with this planet of Jeddah and this what it means to the Jedi and the Force. Where, we, how did that? I mean, I've seen people say it's a statue that's just you know been brought down or been brought to ruin. But when I look at it, like I said, it looks like a rocky terrain where it's part of the planet. So to go all you know, Force uh, mystical uh, <laughs> an idea or a, a synopsis or scenario of how this could have happened. Like, what if either the force did that like itself of this planet to resemble what you know its main inhabitants were because we don't know the full history of it but it, stuff we're hearing is that this may be the first you know jedi or force users made this planet their home that's why it's so sacred now so what if this was just a natural occurrence of the planet that made it to the shape of maybe the first jedi knight or something or mm -hmm. not to go that mystical but if someone actually that image of that jedi knight did it himself where he created the rocky terrain to look like himself or maybe his master or some great jedi knight or the first jedi knight out of respect and just over the years it just kind of got uh over to ruin like hmm. just desolated so i don't know i'm just fascinated with the possible ideas and theories that this can meet and i don't necessarily think they're going to go into it in the movie but i don't know maybe chirut can shed some light on it as they're passing by that'd be kind of cool but i just visually just looks awesome and just a very nice touch to the movie and this planet itself so yeah hopefully we'll learn more about it but if not it's just a cool little nod and just again showing how important this planet is to the jedi and the force it's just really really cool mm -hmm. yeah that is definitely a cool shot and like you i didn't notice this the first time i saw it but um you know noticed it later after seeing some people point it out online um, I mean, your immediate reaction is like it looks like obi-wan has a hood it's like he has a beard <laughs> yeah um I think that's gonna be likely but yeah, no, I, I definitely think, I mean, at least to me, I think that's a statue, um, but definitely like an ancient one. It's not like the Empire just came and, you know, toppled all the Jedi statues like this looks like, I mean, it's like huge and half buried in the sand and the lightsaber is broken. I mean, this looks like something that's been there for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years. Um and maybe has sort of become part of the rocky terrain over time. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely like a cool visual, like you said, and um, gets you thinking like what we might possibly learn in little snippets about the force and the history of the Jedi through this movie, even though there really aren't going to be any Jedi as part of it. But um, yeah, just uh, having this planet and people like Chirrut who are still, um, you know, studying those ways and, you know, see what we can learn about it through that. That's going to be pretty cool to see. I know it's funny where the first time we heard about Rogue One was, you know, there's going to be no Jedi in here. It's just about 
normal people of the galaxy trying to fight the Empire, but yet we're getting all this awesome stuff about the Force <laughs> and the Jedi history with this planet that I wasn't expecting after hearing all that talk of how you know it's going to be in a period where there's no Jedi. So it's like almost welcome a welcome bonus to this movie that we're getting this stuff with the Force and the Jedi. So it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. And plus, we still get Vader too. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> and how, what were you thinking going into that as far as seeing? more Vader. Were you expecting it? or Because I was actually surprised we got as much as we did. We got three shots of Vader. I mean, not all of them were as clear, but we got the one where we saw his reflection on the bottom, which I think was what was shown at the Celebration Europe panel that was exclusive, mm-hmm. where he's looking at that red uh, planet, looks like that's just, you know, part inside the Death Star. And then we get a shot of Krennic talking to Vader, where we just see the back of Vader's head, and Krennic's just telling him, like, you know how powerful this weapon is and not being afraid of vader there it seems like in this one shot he's kind of seems like trying to convince him because we know vader's stance on the death star and a new hope where he thinks it's insignificant next to the power of the force but that's probably some he's telling krennic here also and krennic's like no don't you realize how powerful this is so we could kind of get maybe like an admiral Mahdi darth vader confrontation again it seems like here mm-hmm. but that is true just... and you know what's funny vader won that argument in the end because i mean even though the death star was super powerful and blew up alderaan uh some farm kid from tatooine used mm-hmm. the force and blew it up so yeah <laughs> just awesome storytelling there man <laughs> so good <laughs> but then that last shot or the money shot i think sure for a lot of people in the trailer where you see vader entering amongst that steam and smoke into that room to face Krennic and mm-hmm. I don't know about you but we don't know where that's going to take place in the movie but when I saw that I was like oh I think that's going to be it for Krennic let's right there. just <laughs> say I mean obviously you can't see an expression on Darth Vader's face but he does not look happy no. uh, the fact that <laughs> the he's, he's walking, you know yeah. yeah I was gonna say I don't think we've ever seen Darth Vader walk that fast before like <laughs> good point you know you normally right. and, and it's not like he was running but I mean, obviously, he's uh, not the most, like, spry and limber young fellow. Uh, you know, usually he's just walking around pretty slowly, and just his his physical presence and, you know, his breathing and the Imperial March playing and all that is enough to make you go, like, oh, crap, Vader's here. But, no, in this shot, like, he was walking in like he means business. Um, and I don't know what exactly is going to be going on, but he is probably not too pleased with Krennic here. Yep. <laughs> whether it's whether it's because of something that Krennic did or whether it's because the rebels got away with the Death Star plans, like he, I, I don't know if he's necessarily mad at Krennic, but he's mad at somebody. Definitely, and I just can't wait to see how this plays out. Yeah, <laughs> it could also make for a good entrance to Vader too, where he's coming off of the steam. It'd be a good reveal, maybe slowly as he's walking through it, and then we see him in full costume. So it could be a good, you know, introduction to Vader in this movie. But I just think. This is, you know, his confrontation, final confrontation with Krennic here. Mm-hmm. And as I saw it, too, it made me think of that shot in the first teaser where we see that guy kneeling down and you see the Emperor, Emperor's Royal Guards there. It doesn't look exactly like it, but I think there are some similarities to that room, mainly just the ground with those lights there. And maybe, I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> I probably should have watched it with this trailer after I saw it again to compare, but I've thought I remember some steam in that room also. So it just made me think, is this part of that same sequence? But yet the lighting, this it seems darker here than what it did in that other sequence. But it, it did remind me of that 
scene in the first teaser trailer where we're trying to figure out who is that character and what's going on there. There's just something about this room that reminded me of that shot. I don't know if you got the same vibe from it, though. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, not enough to make me go like, oh, it's definitely the same room, but it Mm -hmm. certainly could be or maybe, you know, the same facility or something. Then again, I mean, all these imperial structures kind of look alike on the inside. They've all got similar, you know, like those lighting panels and stuff. But um yeah, it did kind of have some of that vibe to it. I think that's still one of the big mysteries of this movie is like, wait, who was that in that first teaser? Like, that seemed kind of important, and we haven't seen or heard anything about it since then. Um, I know. <laughs> of course, we could end up watching the movie and just find out, oh, it was like just Krennic in a different costume or something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still very intrigued to to see where that goes because part of me is like oh don't get your hopes up for you know some other huge character or you know big storyline that we haven't seen or heard anything about but then at the same time i'm like yeah but we saw that shot and it definitely like doesn't relate to anything else that we've seen so far or at least doesn't seem to um so i'm you know i'm trying not to get too hyped up for it um or expect too much from whoever or whatever that might be but you know still something in the back of my mind that i'm like let's see where they go with that Mm -hmm. yeah regardless you know when this scene takes place how it plays out darth vader's costume looks awesome (laughs) i mean Mm -hmm. we've heard reports of how they really wanted to make it feel like his costume from a new hope and just in this brief glimpse we got of it up front i think they did a good job of capturing that it does feel like the vader costume from a new hope and man it's just gonna be so awesome to not only see him on screen again but when we hear james earl jones oh it's gonna be great i'm glad as much as it would have been cool to get that in the trailer to hear some dialogue from vader that is something they probably want to save to the actual movie just to get fans going crazy when he has his first line of dialogue in it mm-hmm. in the whatever scene he appears in first it's going to be amazing yeah also i want to jump back to uh, the beginning of the trailer for a second because obviously you know we talked about how um death troopers are going to be a big part of this movie um but i w- i don't know about you but i was kind of surprised to see them in this flashback scene at the beginning um just given the fact that like you know kind of given what we know about the rogue one catalyst and the fact that um the urso family and krennic have ties going back to like the clone wars era um and the fact that Jin is so young at the beginning here i was like okay so the empire can't have been around for very long at this point Mm -hmm. um and obviously we know that there were already a lot of different specialized clone troopers so i'm not expecting that like at the beginning of the empire every trooper would have been um you know just like the standard white stormtrooper but i was kind of surprised like oh this could be i mean this could be like right after the end of revenge of the sith and krennic already has his uh you know his death trooper squad um all set up and ready to go which then made me think like how cool would it be if at least (laughs) if at least one of these death troopers we found out was like a veteran clone trooper Jeez, man, I'd be the happiest guy in the theater, and that might be my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it gets revealed that way. On the one hand, like we know they age twice as fast, and you look at you know Rex and everybody in uh, Rebels, and it's like these, you know, I, I don't know if any of the clones would still be fit to be, uh, you know, like elite Death Trooper uh, soldiers at this point. But I mean, even if we got some reference to like 
you know, maybe the first Death Troopers were, uh, you know, had been ARC Troopers in the Clone Wars, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, had just the death, like Krennic's Death Trooper squad, he had like commissioned a, a former uh, C- Republic commando to train them or something like that. Um, or how about this? What if the first squad of Death Troopers was the Bad Batch? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Some of them already had that black armor, so it'd be a pretty smooth transition going to that to Death Troopers. <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. That um, would be awesome. Although, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily want them to all be the Bad Batch, just because, like, I mean, after having seen just those animatics and knowing, um, you know, just how diverse and different that squad was, not just in terms of their personality, but, like, their looks and their armor and everything, too, it would kind of feel like a disservice to have them be like, okay, they get to be this elite squad of death troopers now, but they're all exactly the same, which is kind of how the empire does things. Yeah. You gotta um, conform to it. <laughs> yeah. But still, I don't know. Um, and those plus, are just very cool shots of them too. that headshot of them walking towards uh, the homestead. And then you get the shot of the back where you see all six of them with credit, just walking up there. It just looks so cool. Mm-hmm. I just hope this, we were talking about Michael G. Uh, Kino doing the music for it. I could just picture a really cool theme for Krennic and his Death Trooper that'll be playing in this moment here. Hopefully it's one that's catchy and sticks with you that really fits how cool these characters are. Yeah. And you know what? That could be something cool for the novel too, though. Like, maybe they never even mention it in the actual movie, but maybe we read Rogue Mm -hmm. One Catalyst and find out that, you know, Krennic is already, like, around the end of the Clone Troopers he's putting, or at the end of the Clone Wars, he's putting together this, uh, you know, personal elite squad of his and is recruiting, uh, you know, former clone troopers or arc troopers or something like that. Yeah, and it would just be something cool for us fans to read the book where they don't say it in the movie, even though that would be awesome, but we would know that hey, maybe a few of them are actually clone troopers. Yeah, exactly. That book. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because it's not something that would, like, impact the story of the movie in a huge way and not something that people would be missing out on by not reading the book but just something that you could read in the book and it would add, you know, just so much more to it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Yeah. It's almost something like that little clone reference that Kylo Ren gave in the force. Awakens. <laughs> yeah. Just a little nod. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, Oh, so something else that was cool in here. Um, we actually find out where the name Rogue One comes from as well. Yeah, um, that was another reveal. Yeah, and I think we talked about this on one of our past couple episodes where Gareth mm-hmm. Edwards was talking about um, the, you know, sort of the inspiration behind the title for the film and how it relates to a few different things and, um, you know, how Jin is kind of a rogue, but the movie is also kind of rogue in and of itself because it's, you know, the first spinoff film and all that kind of stuff. Um but it is kind of cool to see that the, that it does actually have a direct reference in the movie as well. Um, and it seems like... I'm not sure if this is when they're first taking off um, and going on their mission or if they're, like, landing on a planet somewhere. Um, my guess, though, is that it is when they're, they're first getting started on their mission for the first time. Um, and you see the whole crew together in their ship and uh, K2SO says... Uh, you know, they're asking for our call sign and then the pilot Bodhi Rook uh, kind of just comes up with it on the spot and he's like, uh, it's Rogue, Rogue One. Um, which is cool because now we don't have to worry about like, oh, how does like Rogue Squadron tie into this or are these guys going to be part of mm-hmm. Rogue Squadron or whatever? But it you can kind of assume from that um, that even though they kind of just made this up on the spot that then maybe like 
again, we're kind of assuming that most, if not all of these characters are going to make some sort of heroic sacrifice in this movie. Um, and then knowing that Rogue Squadron was named after them um, mm-hmm. is just kind of a nice little tie in there. Yeah, it was cool to get that in here. But I kind of think they're making their way to Jeddah. And we know it's occupied by the Empire. And they're trying to sneak in there. So and K2SO is the one who's uh, telling them they need, you know, uh, a call sign. And since he's an Imperial droid, he maybe would have, or he's the one who's communicating with the Empire, I guess, who's allowing ships to make access to Jeddah. And that's where, you know, they have to give a name on the spot right there. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of picturing that how it plays out. But regardless of the scenario, I agree. I think it's cool that, you know, it's not just applied to Jin, which maybe I think was how it might have gone, but it's implied to the whole group here that. No, now that I think that maybe it's not Jetta, it could be Scarab too that they're trying to infiltrate here. And because we know at Jetta, that's probably they're going to get a lot of their group because <laughs> they're going to recruit them there, like Chiru, yeah. Base, and Saw. So maybe this is into Scarab. And then that's why Rogue One refers to the whole group as they're going on this mission to steal the Death Star, Death Star plans. And like you said, we know it's a big deal in the Rebellion. So maybe Rogue Squadron would get their name in honor of rogue one as a group and not just maybe jim like i was originally thinking so yeah i think it's cool that they threw it in there yeah well you know hang on i'm gonna watch that scene again one more time in here um trying to get the exact dialogue (laughs) yeah well all i'm saying is it doesn't actually look like in that particular scene it looks like it's just Jin, Bodhi, K2SO, and uh, Cassian um, on the ship. And you do see, you see Chirrut and Baze on there like a little bit before. Um, But when they're talking about like the call sign, you you can't actually tell if those guys are on the ship or not. But it also could be something like maybe they they do whatever they got to do on Jeddah and then maybe go back to uh, Yavin and kind of gather the whole team together before taking off on this one last mission. Um, You know, the battle where the rebels have to win their first victory striking from their hidden base. Um, And in that case, it would make sense for them to, you know, need to have a call sign in the battle. Um, And that's kind of where, where I was thinking, because at first I did think like, Oh, well, yeah, we've seen before where like the Imperials ask for their identification or something, but it's always asking for like a, a ship ID code or, you know, a, a um, access code to bypass the shields on Endor or something like that. Um, I can't see them going up to a Star Destroyer and being like, hey, we're Rogue One, let us pass. And they're like, okay, move along. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, that sounds like a rebel code name. And the fact that they specifically say call sign, it's like, that's what your allies use when you're like in a battle. Um so I'm guessing this is either like as they're leaving Yavin for the first time or maybe um, as they're leaving to uh, to head to Scarif for the big final battle. And it's like, OK, this is going to be our call sign as members of the, the Rebel Alliance now, or at least as our like rebel ship. Um, you know, you call us Rogue One. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> that's, that's making more sense now that you say that from what I was thinking. So, but yeah. Uh, regardless, <laughs> yeah. Either way, I mean, I it's, like the tie-in that it's going to have to. I, I would think Rogue Squadron that we see in Empire. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, go to the minute and twenty-second mark. I want to get your take on this. It's something I'm seeing a, online a lot about a speculation of who this character is. Oh, with hmm, 
You're you see the with... back of an Imperial officer? Yeah. Okay, I've been seeing a lot of stuff online where speculation that that could be Tarkin. And for me personally, I'm just not seeing it. No, I'm not either. Because, it's, I mean, it looks like he's got brown hair. Exactly, and yep, this, the hair. <laughs> yeah, this can't be a young Tarkin at this point. This would have mm-hmm. to be like a New Hope Tarkin. Exactly. Um, so, if anything, and it looks like he's wearing white. So, I'm going to assume. Because at first I thought it was Krennic. <sighs> But then we kind of see someone in that shot with the white cape that Krennic has. So it does look like another Imperial officer. Oh, I just, yeah. Hmm. From the, for the reasons you just stated. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I was going to say maybe it's Krennic, but then, yeah, I think you can see Krennic standing off in the background. Um, hmm. I mean, who knows? It might not be anybody important. It could just be some Imperial officer coming up to tell Krennic and Vader that, hey, the Rebels got away from Jeddah or something. Um, or it could be a familiar character, or it could be an unfamiliar character who turns out to be important. Um, and I think we can say it's safe to say it's not Thrawn, because, his, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can kind of see his ears, and they're not blue, so... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, was, I just didn't get the target vibe from it that I know a lot of people were speculating on. It didn't pop into my head at all while I was watching it. No, me neither. I mean, the only reason I would get that vibe is just sort of from a first glance going, oh, he's close to the camera, so he must be important. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his back to us, which means they're keeping his identity a secret, and he's an Imperial, and this is, you know, in the the time period around A New Hope, so that must be Tarkin. Um, but... Again, I think just, you know, just looking at the back of the character, you can tell he, I mean, just judging by his hair, it doesn't look like he can be old enough. And his head doesn't quite have like the same shape to it either. So, yeah, um, it's too young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to throw that at you, see if you would agree or not. If you think that there's a possible target. <laughs> you threw that at me and I dodged it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we're on the same page though on there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think so. Um, but another thing I really liked in this trailer too, where it looks like the skirmish on in the streets of Jeddah is going to be a little bigger than I thought, because before we knew Chirrut was going to take on some stormtroopers, we see Jin and Cassian takes them on. They're getting chased by those uh, hover tank troopers. But in this trailer, it's one of my favorite shots where we see a bunch of stormtroopers and an actual ATST just wreaking havoc on the street and just mm-hmm. decimating the buildings. And it looks like even civilians there. And I've I don't know, it looks awesome, but I wasn't expecting this battle to be that big on here where you have ATSTs. I, I was just expecting stormtroopers and those hover tanks. So Yeah, and you know what? This was probably one of my favorite shots of the trailer just because, like, even in all this thinking about original trilogy era and vehicles and stuff, I don't think ATSTs had ever even crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I know there's the one brief one that you see on Hoth, but in my mind, they're so closely tied to just Endor. Um, you know, I, I didn't even think about seeing them like on Scarif or whatever, but yeah, to see one on the streets of Jedi, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I wasn't expecting it, but it also looks awesome and looks lifted right out of Return of the Jedi. So that was very cool. And see the Empire finally do some damage is always a good thing too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it was like, they're not missing the targets of that one shot. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it was cool to see more of that fight with Chirrut and the Stormtroopers and see Baze just bail him out where it just takes out all those Stormtroopers. Yeah, well, and you know what? Session. I don't even know if... I mean, it didn't look like he was bailing him out. That almost looked like some sort of synchronized like fighting move there. Um, mm. And I don't, it might That's just possible. be the way that they cut it in the trailer, but... Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm playing it again right now and waiting for it to get to that part. But, um, yeah, it was cool the way, just sort of the way it was framed and it almost looked like Chirrut, like, is pointing his staff at the guys. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it it could be Baze bailing him out, but it almost, it also almost kind of looks like, um, you know, like, like Chirrut knew he was going to be there. Uh, and he's sort of like directing his staff at the stormtroopers as the blaster bolts go hit him. Yeah, I can see that. But I could too. be reading too much into that. Either way, it's definitely a cool shot. Yeah, it's like even a, does a second even go by that they all go down with that blast shot? <laughs> it just like not so really. Quick. I'm like, man, I wish I could take people down that quick in Battlefront. So I know. Well, <laughs> hey, maybe this will be Baze's uh, blaster would be a new weapon to unlock in the hut contracts <laughs> when the DLC yeah, comes out. Yeah, or man, I'm going to be disappointed that we can't play as him as a hero because uh, I think Jin and Krennic are going to be the only new hero characters with that DLC. But, um, you know, Jin's cool, but I'll be like, man, can can we team up and be like Baze and Chirrut up in here? I know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great pairing. <laughs> that'd be cool to have, like, hero if you're two hero characters are playing and you can have like a special combo move attack with them if you're able to synchronize it good yeah that would go into what you're talking about of maybe their attack being synchronized or from a gameplay standpoint that'd be really fun yeah man i can't wait to see those guys in action though also one thing that i i just noticed for the first time if you go and pause this on it was right after the the last thing we were talking about with tarkin but if you pause it right around 124 um, where the rebels are all gathered and they're looking at yeah. the hologram of the Death Star. We, okay, kn- yeah. we know Mon Mothma is going to be in there, uh, but General Dodonna is standing right across the table from her. Hey, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pick up on that the first time I watched it. So, yeah, I didn't see that until I paused it right here. Um, and, you know, obviously it's like not a huge. Oh, you know what? Is that Bale? I think right. By I him? think so. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's right to his left and got his back to the camera. Yeah, and he's very faintly silhouetted, but it definitely looks like you know, out of everybody else wearing like military jackets and stuff, this looks like a guy wearing a fancy cape, and mm. certainly looks like it could be Bale Organa. Yeah, and I'm not even sure if we mentioned that before, but Jimmy Smits did say in an interview that he was going to have a cameo in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is the perfect spot to do it in, too. Yeah. Yeah, we also see that alien creature who was manning the gun turret in the behind-the-scenes feature, at, like right behind Mon Mothma. I've been waiting for those creatures to show up in the a trailer, and we get a quick glimpse of them in that one shot. Wait. Oh, okay, I see him. Yeah. And then another thing I want to bring up, too, was uh, Saw in this trailer. I mean, man, he, <laughs> he really got messed up in his years of battle, because we knew that his suit was, you know, for to kind of help him live now to you see that tube that's on uh, his costume. But the thing that really uh, stood out to me was how his robotic legs, I mm-hmm. mean, it's almost in a parallel way to Vader where maybe he's even more machine than man now too. But of course not evil as Darth Vader and he still has his face is intact. But 
it's, it's reminding me a little bit of that where he leaves a lot of stuff just to survive. So, man, just what did he go through <laughs> since his time in the Clone Wars to now dealing with the Empire? I mean, he's another character where whether this movie he talks about his battles or in an upcoming comic series or book where we just see more of what Saw Gerrera was doing during his fight with the Empire because it definitely mm-hmm. took its toll on him. Yeah. I think we've probably talked about this, but I would love to see him make an appearance on Rebels. Yeah. Um, it'd be the perfect tie-in. I'm kind of surprised. Well, maybe it is later down the line, but you would think it'd be an episode leading up to the release of the movie. But mm-hmm. I don't know. And I'm trying to get to it in the tra- trailer. Okay. It's at the 145, 144, 145 mark where uh, you see these group of alien creatures and just other looks like uh, soldiers. But on Entertainment Weekly, is Entertainment Weekly and then at Star Wars Newsnet, they kind of did a breakdown of shot by shot of what these, what some of the shots mean. And this one, I can't remember where it was, if it was Entertainment Weekly or Star Wars Newsnet, but they said that this is part of Saw's uh, rebel group. Where, oh, okay. Yeah, those two alien creatures and then those other two guys, one has a mask, one looks like he has like goggles on the top of his helmet there. They do kind of have similar garb, I would say, to maybe... I mean, Saul has that suit, but it does seem like they can be part of the same group that he is is on for Jetta. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of cool where we're not just going to see Saul, but we're going to see his rebel cell also. We'll just don't know how big it is, or even if it's kind of small, but I think it's cool that we're going to get to see that. Yeah. Watch, one of these guys is going to be the next Constable Zuvio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one action figure that's just a peg warmer. Still saw tons of Zuvios on the Rogue Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for my Dutch Uber. Zuvio, Zuvio, Zuvio. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, those guys look pretty cool too. Also, speaking of Saw Gerrera, um, I mean, we'll talk about some other shots in here too, but at the very, like, the, the last... Well, one of the last shots you see in kind of the last line of dialogue um, in the trailer is um, actually I forget exactly what he says. So, it was save uh, the dream, save the rebellion, save the dream, save the rebellion. Yeah, um, I mean, not a huge surprise, but I don't think Saw is making it out of this, um, yeah, and I, mean, I don't think he's making it out of that scene. Um, especially, I kind of backed it up and and froze it there, and it looks like there's like some dust falling down behind him or something. So um, obviously we know there's going to be some sort of catastrophic event um, because we see like a big explosion here in this trailer. Um, and I forget exactly where it was, but I know we talked about it before and it looks like it's on Jeddah Cause there's like, it's a, uh, a desert landscape um, and you just see, you know, just like this huge explosion going up. Um, but then also in one of the other trailers, I think it was in the second one where you see um, Jin and Cassian in their U-wing and kind mm-hmm. of just flying along this huge cascading wall of debris. Um, and so I'm thinking, you know, maybe, oh yeah, it's here at, uh, it's around 2.03 in this trailer. Um, we see somebody, maybe that's Jin, who's looking out over this valley where there's a bunch of uh you know, pillars and structures and stuff and certainly looks like it could be some ancient jedi monuments or something on jedi and then there's just this huge explosion in the background um yeah it doesn't look like Jeddah's is going to remain the sacred jedi pilgrimage planet <laughs> it's going to be intact by the time they leave it because that big explosion that that might be the whole city that they were in just being 
destroyed by the Empire. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm also wondering... I mean, we see the... Actually, I don't even know if it's if you see a shot of it in the trailer, but when you watch it on the Star Wars YouTube channel um, and you see their little advertisement thing uh, at the end, you see this image. And I think this was a shot in the second trailer where the Death Star is kind of hanging upside down and it's like an yeah. orbit over a planet that certainly looks like Jeddah. So maybe this is... And it would certainly make sense given that, you know, it's a uh, a sacred Jedi planet and, uh. you know, who does Palpatine hate the most? The Jedi. Well, maybe this was like their first attempt at like a, a weapons test to try yeah, to Mom, blow Mom up. Yeah, says that in the first teaser too. They know about a weapon test is imminent. Maybe yeah. they know Jedi was their target. Yeah. That's now, um, the only thing I, that, that could kind of create problems because I'm pretty sure in A New Hope um, – doesn't Tarkin say he talks about like testing out the the weapon systems or something right like I get the impression that Alderaan is the first planet that they've blown up yeah um, maybe that's where he knows you know we got the super laser fully charged to destroy a whole planet so maybe that was the first test for that maybe they're just they knew it wasn't ready for that but they wanted to see how much damage they can do with what they have right now yeah like may, or maybe it wasn't fully ready yet and they knew that the rebels were on the planet and so they fired anyway just to try to kill the rebels or maybe it was their first attempt at destroying a planet and you know the laser wasn't powerful enough to like penetrate the core and destroy the entire planet but it still causes some massive damage um either way stuff goes kablooey empire's <laughs> probably to blame and it doesn't look like saw's gonna make it out yeah because well, kind of think of it we don't really see him on any scarab shots that we've seen so far in the trailers. But then we know he's going to have his shaved head, though, because they said we're going to see the two versions of Saw. And when he's saying that line, save the rebellion, he has his full head of hair. So that is true. His hair is causing all this problems with speculation. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense if that's maybe where he does go. Or, or maybe this is going to cut all his scenes with his hair. And <laughs> he thought maybe it was going to be, you'll see both in the movie, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they just think he's dead and then he comes back at the end and he's like, oh, yeah, you thought that explosion killed me, but it really just burned my hair off. And now yeah. I'm mad because it took me years to grow out that glorious afro. And now I'm going to take my vengeance and, you know, destroy the Empire. That's how the Empire knew their weapons test was a success. We blew off Saw Gerrera's hair. <laughs> That's all they were trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> they got sick of looking at him after all those years. Yeah. <laughs> What's got to go? His hair. <laughs> um, man, yeah. And then, I mean, the, the uh, just the shot, too, with um, the U-Wing flying over the beach on Scarif, and you see the walkers in the battle. Um that is going to be one heck of an awesome battle scene. Oh, it sure is. Man, there's so many more great shots. And that, that U-Wing flying over the, the beach area with the AT-ACTs. One of them has their hatch open that you can see right through it, mm -hmm. which looks kind of weird. But yeah. probably my, one of my favorite shots in this trailer, too, it seems like something almost out of Jurassic Park where you see Baze and Chirrut running through the jungle and you just see the foot of the at ACT just stomping down. I was like uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex chasing mm -hmm. its prey or something in a Jurassic Park movie. And I was hoping that we'd get some type of 
action sequence in the jungle because we get more shots of it in this trailer too with the rebel troops just walking through it. I just think it would be so cool to get a battle in here and it looks like we are going to get at least a little bit with the walkers chasing them and it just looks so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time we see a walker in this trailer, it just seems so awesome. Yeah, it definitely, like I kind of got a mix between a Jurassic Park and a Lord of the Rings vibe, like the Battle mm-hmm. of Pelennor Fields in Return of the King where... Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, the guys from Rohan are riding their horses through, like, the feet of those giant elephants that are trying yeah. to kill them. Um, that was the first thing I thought of. But then I think just the the jungle environment um, also kind of gives it a Jurassic Park vibe, too. Um, so, yeah, that looks like it's going to be awesome. I hope they don't both go out just by getting stomped on. Like, yeah, that'd be lame. <laughs> that would suck. You could maybe show a few random rebel soldiers getting stomped on, but not your main characters. Yeah. Again, like Lord of the Rings did in the Pelennor Fields battle, because you saw certain soldiers get stomped by the Oliphants, and but none of the main characters died by that. Yeah, exactly. Another thing too, which is looks like is going to be another cool sequence that we kind of got our first glimpse of in the second trailer, but we got more of it here. And this is another thing that uh, learned more about in those uh, Entertainment Weekly shot by shot recap of it in Star Wars News Net, where when they're on. The planet where you see uh, Galen meeting uh, Krennic again on that rocky uh, mountain planet that's where it's night. And it kind of seems like where maybe they're on a rescue mission to get Galen out of there. We see Chirrut and Baze. We know they're going to take out some stormtroopers there. We see X-Wings uh, mm-hmm. taking, looks like attacking the battle station that's on there. So part of me is thinking uh, if they're all going to go there, or maybe some of them split off to do some other missions and they meet up at Scarif to all come together. But it looks like there's going to be a rescue mission for Galen Urso on that yeah. planet, too, which looks like another awesome action sequence. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they're all going to be together, probably. Um, even though we only see Baze and Chirrut, um, we know that. You know, it seems like they're going to get recruited on Jeddah. So unless they go, and I mean, I don't, I, I can't see Jin like sending two strangers off to rescue her dad without going with them. Um, so I think maybe they just all meet up on Jeddah first and then escape off of there. Then they go to uh, wherever Galen's being held and try to rescue him. Um, or maybe that's on Jeddah too. Maybe that's just a different part of it or it's at night or something, or that could be a different planet. Um, but man, yeah, that is, that's one of those sequences that I'm most excited for. Just that scene in the rain at night with the, uh, the X-Wings and the ships and everything flying over. Um, Cause yeah, it looks like there's going to be a bombing run with some pretty hefty destruction here. I mean, if you look at it at a pause at around 151, I think you can see, uh, X-Wings and Y-Wings and maybe there might be some U-Wings in that shot too. Um, kind of hard to tell, but there are definitely yeah. X-Wings and Y-Wings and lots of explosions on the platform below. Um, X-Wings getting shot down and crashing into the mountain. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Like, that would be really cool to actually get to see, um, like, a Y-Wing bombing run in action because yeah. we've never actually really seen them do much uh, in the movies, aside from just, you know, be 
just regular starfighters, just like X wings and A wings and stuff. In uh, seen him get blown up. <laughs> yeah, in, in both of the in both of the Death Star battles. But then, like when you play games like Battlefront, um, the Y wings are always portrayed as more like the heavy bomber class, and they're slower but have uh, you know more armor, and they've always got you know some kind of like heavy ordnance they can unload. Um, but we've never really seen them do that uh, in the movie, so that would be. You know, really cool to see them used that way. We we have even seen them do that in uh, Clone Wars, um, like when I think it was yeah back in season one and the Malevolence episodes where they get those prototype Y wings and uh, you know do the bombing run on Grievous's ship there. Yeah, and also on Umbara too. Anakin calls in the airstrike to take right, out right. Umbara. Yeah, um, but yeah, never seen it in the movie. So uh, that'll be another thing that'll be cool to see. Um, Oh, something else I forgot to mention, too, that happens right after that. Um, the next shot, it's uh, Chirrut on, oh, yes. <laughs> on Scarif, like, popping up from behind a crate and actually shooting some stormtroopers with... He's got, like, a chewy-looking crossbow <laughs> thing. Um, bigger. Yeah, like... Man, I'm trying to, like, see it one more time. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, okay, so it, like, flips out, um, which is interesting because at first I was thinking, like, is this his staff? And it, like, doubles as a weapon, you know, kind of like Zeb's bow rifle. Uh-huh. Um, but now that I'm looking at it again, like, it doesn't it doesn't look like his staff. So I think maybe he just has two different things. And actually in some of the images of like action figures and stuff that we've seen, he does come with two weapons. Um, and one of them is like this fold out crossbow thing. And I always just kind of assumed that, Oh, it's just some extra toy that they packaged it with because, you know, kids don't want to just play with the guy who swings a staff around like, sure. Let's put a, a, you know, projectile shooting, uh, crossbow thingy in here too. Cause that'll be cool. Um, you know, there's a bunch of action figures that come with like extra weapons and armor pieces and stuff that the characters never actually use. So I was surprised to see this thing pop up in there, but like, it looks awesome. I know. And this, is he, I mean, we know he's not force sensitive, so is he just going to shoot blindly? Because it's different when you're using martial arts when you're blind and taking on your opponents that way. But when you're just using a weapon, like a... Uh, a weapon where you're trying to shoot your opponents. I wonder if he's just going to shoot blindly if they're, you know, the force is going to show up a little bit <laughs> at this moment for him taking down some star troopers. So it's going to be interesting to see how well he does with that crossbow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wait and see the movie first, but if, if Chirrut actually shoots and kills a stormtrooper with that crossbow, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be the first one to make a meme that says, you know, <laughs> blind guy still has better aim than stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sadly, I think you will be making that mean because that's probably what will happen. <laughs> as long as it doesn't take out a death trooper, so yeah. If it's just a regular stormtrooper, yeah, they've been killed by worse, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and but, then just you know, I'm I was going to say too, another cool thing in this trailer that we're seeing for the first time is space battles with the X-wing mm-hmm. taking yeah, down I... that space station or that's orbiting Scarif and. What I like about that, it just, again, tying into the opening crawl of A New Hope where where it says the Rebels have won their first major victory against the Empire. And we're seeing more of that now, not just with uh, the main character stealing Death Star plans, but the actual battle that's taking place in space and on uh, Scarab's surface. So Mm -hmm. I just think it's bringing that all together where 
it is going to be a major victory for the Alliance when this movie is over by what they're going through to get the Death Star plans both on in space and then on the surface. So I really like that aspect of, you know, finally seeing that we are definitely getting a space battle in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to bring that up last, but I think that we've covered pretty much everything else in here. Um, but yeah, this definitely was a highlight for me, uh, getting to see X-Wings in action, seeing a space battle. And yeah, it looks like there's some kind of uh, space station that they're attacking. Um but also, if you pause it on the last shot there at, like, 158, there's a whole fleet of Rebel capital ships in the background, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though you only see, like, a couple of X-Wings here, um, I'm hoping this is going to be, you know, a lot bigger scale and that there'll be more. Yeah. To, I mean, obviously, there's going to be more to it than we're seeing here because we see, like, two seconds of it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping we see a bunch of X-Wings and TIE Fighters and, you know, capital ships going at it. And I think this is this could be starting to line up with, you know, my prediction I made last time where I think maybe none of the main characters make it off the surface. Maybe the Empire completely decimates the Rebel ground forces in this battle, but they just have to last long enough to recover the Death Star plans and transmit them to a ship that's waiting in orbit um mm-hmm. you know just one of the ships in this rebel fleet which would be the Tantive four um and the rebels you know punch a hole through the imperial blockade around this planet or something or you know defeat the imperial fleet in a space battle and the Tantive four is able to escape with the plans um and the rest as we know is history um <laughs> But yeah, man, just can't wait to see how this all plays out. Um, this battle on Scarif and then adding in the, the space battle that's going to be going on as well, it looks like, um, that is just you know shaping up to be uh, something that, that could be like one of the best battle scenes we've ever seen in Star Wars. So um, you know, can't wait to see how that all plays out. Definitely. My only hope is that it's edited together nicely where it doesn't feel too short and out of place, kind of how... Uh, episode one space battle was and a little bit with the force awakens but that's mainly because the lightsaber battle was just so amazing and engaging that you just wanted to stick on that yeah and not be get your attention brought to somewhere else so hopefully this battle on the surface and in space just flows together nicely more like uh return of the jedi Mm -hmm. where it all feels like one big battle taking place yeah for sure um yeah oh it's gonna be awesome yep (laughs) and only just barely over two more months for this movie and we're going to be able to see it. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. See, and I'm glad we went through and like dissected so much of this. Cause now this has me even more excited for it than I was just watching the trailer for the first time this morning. Um, <laughs> That's how it always goes with us. Yeah. <laughs> just talking about it just gets your juices flowing and just get you more excited for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with me, because as I've said before, like my general excitement level for rogue one is like, you know, a good notch lower than it was for The Force Awakens, but then I still get really excited every time there's a new trailer that comes out. Um, But then I just found myself with this one, like, when it's the third trailer that we've gotten for Rogue One, and when it already takes place in an era that we're familiar with, like, I mean, I I loved it. I thought it was, you know, it looks great. Um, I think the movie's going to be good, but I wasn't, like, bouncing on the edge of my seat with excitement. Um, And I think it's just mostly because, like, we didn't really see any... Um, completely new stuff in the sense that, like, you know, when you watch a trailer for The Force Awakens or when we start seeing trailers for Episode Eight, it's like, okay, we're going into uncharted territory here. We don't know what to expect. And anytime you see, uh, 
you know, a new ship or a new planet or a new character or, you know, Finn wielding a lightsaber or this really cool, mysterious, hooded, you know, villain with a really cool mask who can, you know, use the dark side and stuff. Like, all that kind of stuff gets me super hyped up. Whereas, you know, X-Wings and TIE Fighters and Stormtroopers is like, okay, that's cool, but I've seen it before. Um... And I can't wait for the movie. I think it's going to be awesome, but it's just not like, oh my gosh, all this new stuff that I'm, you know, just freaking out about. Um, but then again, just as we're talking about it more and thinking about like how the story might actually go, and you know, making some connections and things, and um, you know, just talking about more about the cool stuff that we do see in here, it's like you know, it can feel the excitement level rising again. Yeah. Well, I was already freaking out when I watched it for the first time. Like. I- 4:50 a.m. this morning. Oh my gosh, that's just because you were sleep deprived. <laughs> Maybe, but it definitely helped with just getting uh, super excited for it, seeing it for the first time. And I guess the last thing I'll mention about the trailer was another thing that I thought stood out for me. And it's not mainly by the dialogue, but I just really felt the, you know, caught up. I probably can't even say that <laughs> camaraderie between the main group of characters, where you could just tell they're going to have good chemistry together. Just, by the facial expression, expression, some of the shots, which is one where Chiruja smiles at something that Baze says. You see Jin, uh, you know, trying to rally up the troops and talking about uh, rebellion is built on hope. I just think you are definitely going to feel that closeness between these characters. And as far as speculation comes to pass, where we don't think most of them are going to survive, it's, you know, going to be a gut punch when that moment comes in the movie where, you know, this tightly knit group of characters who band together against all odds to steal the Death Star plans and they have to make the ultimate sacrifice to see it through. I think it's really coming across where these characters are just going to be really well written. The dialogue seems good. The acting seems good. I just think everything about this trailer is something spot on from all aspects. The Rebels, the Empire, the action, of course, the stuff with Vader. It just all felt so good and i think we're going to be in for a really really great star wars movie come december 16th Mm -hmm. yeah i mean for the battle scenes if nothing else but i i think like you said the characters and the story seems to be coming together pretty well too um and yet there's still enough mystery of it at this point i mean again we all know how this is going to end but after seeing three trailers i still don't feel like i've seen too much or that uh you know it's like oh i know what's going to happen now um so, yeah, I think they've shown, like, just enough. Um, I mean, it, it, again, like, for example, like, with the space battle, you know, we only see a couple of X-Wings attacking this station and, um, you know, a brief glimpse of a rebel fleet in the distance behind them. But, you know, it's not like we get some big sweeping shots of, uh, you know, a huge dogfight going on like we did in some of the Force Awakens trailers. Um, so I, I feel like at this point they've shown enough that it's, like, okay, looks really cool, like, we've seen a lot, we've seen a lot of good-looking stuff, and I can't wait to see it, but at the same time, it still feels like they've, you know, there are going to be still be some surprises um, when we go see it, whether it be surprise reveals, like, who that one hooded Imperial character is that we were talking about earlier, like, back from the first teaser, or whether it's just, like, some really cool moments in some of these battle scenes that we're not expecting. Yeah, totally. And I guess the only question now is, when do we get that international trailer for this one? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which might just be a week from now or a few days. We'll, we'll see if we get one. Yeah. Now, was there anything that you felt like was missing from this trailer or like anything afterwards that you still feel like we haven't seen enough of or that you're kind of hesitant about? Uh, 
Honestly, I mean, this is just going to make me probably sound like a Star Wars apologist and someone who doesn't <laughs> look at it critically or whatnot, but I can say no. I mean, when I finished watching, I didn't have a feeling where I wish we got more of this or wish they showed this because, I mean, it checked off all my boxes. I got new Death Trooper shots. We got more shots of Vader than I was expecting. We got some good, more great action sequences, space battles. Uh, more character moments like I was just mentioning. So really it delivered on all fronts for me. So I can't really complain about it. Yeah. I would say if I had one nitpick, it would be that I don't think we've seen enough of Krennic. Um, and again, I'm like, I'm sure he's still going to have plenty of time in the movie. I'm not thinking that he's going to end up being like the next captain phasma. Um, I'm no. just saying I, I would have liked to see a little bit more of him just because there's, you know, he's being marketed as sort of the main villain of this movie, aside from Vader and just the the whole Empire in general. Um, but if he really is going to be sort of like the main face of the Empire that we see in this movie, like we really haven't seen much of him uh, from these trailers, aside from just, you know, brief glimpses of him looking cool, walking around with his cape. Um, and then in this trailer, you know, there was that shot of him talking to Vader. And I guess maybe I just wasn't thrilled with like, his delivery of that line where he's like the power that we're dealing with here is immeasurable. Like, you know, he's like so slow and dramatic with it. And it's like, well, yeah, duh. Like we've got a space station that can blow up planets. Like we know. Um, and you're talking to Darth Vader, like you're trying to impress him, like the guy who's the emperor's right hand man. And has like also helped oversee the construction of this thing. So I don't know. I just wasn't like super impressed with him in this trailer. Um, and again, not that that means he's going to be bad, but I'm just like, I hope he gets, you know, some moments to shine and isn't just sort of like a typical Imperial officer that's going to get killed off by Vader at the end of the movie. Um, although if that is the case, I mean, at least we'll have another cool villain in the movie like Vader. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's that's sort of my one still, um, I guess, unaddressed issue like something that i maybe would have expected to to see from the trailers i'm going to now go into the actual movie still not really knowing what to expect from krennic whereas i feel like for most of the other main characters i kind of know what we're getting with them yeah i don't know we kind of as far as what they showed of him i thought was enough and we got some new stuff especially with the beginning with him on that planet trying to get galen to work on the death star with him i think that's going to be a great moment where we're really going to see who krennic really is because he's going to be intimidating making galen join him and why we didn't get it in this trailer that could be you know the first moment and pretty early on in the movie where where we'll know that he is not an abnormal imperial imperial officer to be you know uh, trifled with he'll make his presence known and not to go against him and yeah, I, I didn't get that feeling with uh, his dialogue to Darth Vader. Like, like I said before, I kind of drew it up where he's, you know, trying to, because we know he's trying to become the Emperor's right-hand man and move up on the pecking order over Vader. And I just think he's really trying to drive out that point where, you know, this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> that the galaxy's ever seen. The Force is nothing now. So like I said, kind of almost going back to that uh, A New Hope scene with all the Imperial officers where he's just really trying to show how powerful this battle station is to vader who's kind of skeptical on it and doesn't believe it is that significant next to the power of the force like we mentioned and then he says in the new hope so but that's kind of how i reason with maybe why he's a little more you know over the top saying that to him he's just trying to you know <laughs> drive that to vader where this 
is the next best thing that is going to come for the Empire and rule over the galaxy. So I really didn't have a, a problem with how it was delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like absolutely terrible. It was just, I don't know. It wasn't great to me. And obviously I'm not like judging a book by its cover here. I'm, I'm sure. sure. And hopefully he's going to have some great moments in the movie itself. Um that we just haven't seen yet, but I'm just saying, like, if we're only judging by what we've seen so far, I'm just not super impressed with him yet. Um, but obviously, I don't have to be because that's the movie's job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if he doesn't impress me, hopefully, at least his Death Troopers can. Yeah, well, that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, that's a given. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, really solid trailer. Lots of great stuff in here. Um, I think we've hit pretty much everything there is to talk about um i feel like we do this with every trailer we're like yeah let's not go through it shot by shot let's just talk about our favorite moments and then proceed to mention every one of them as a favorite moment (laughs) (laughs) pretty much how can we not when there's that many great moments and shots in this trailer it's hard not to talk about it yeah but obviously i mean that's just the the joys of getting again you know six new star wars trailers in two years um, yep, <laughs> that's so glorious. And now we're in the home stretch where we've just got to wait another two months and three days till the movie comes out. I know, and we're talking about this uh, last night too, where we're wondering when tickets are going to go on sale, and maybe after the end of the trailer, it would say tickets on sale now or tickets on sale on this date, and we didn't get that, which is kind of surprising because we're coming up on the moment when the Force Awakens uh, tickets went on sale, which is October. So hopefully, we'll be hearing more about that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would think probably, you know, maybe by the end of this month or early next month or something like that. Um, or maybe they've just, you know, done, you know, research studies or whatever and found that the demand for this movie so far just isn't as high. And, you know, maybe they don't need to put tickets on sale that far in advance. Um, yeah, we'll I mean, see if it breaks the internet again, like the Force Awakens did. Yeah, <laughs> I see, I don't, so, but... I, no, I don't think it's going to, not on that level anyways. Um, but, you know, and, and obviously I'm still going to go see this on opening night, but I'm not planning to wait for several hours in line like I did for the last one. Um, I mean, I'll probably I'll get there at least like a couple hours early. But, uh, you know, last, you know, for The Force Awakens, I took like half a day off of work and got there at like one or two in the afternoon. Um, so I'll probably take it a little easier on this one. Um, but, yeah, I still got to be there for the opening night because it's Star Wars. So how could you not? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't it even be a question. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention about the trailer before we move on? Uh, nope. I think we've got it covered, and I said all the cool stuff I took from it and just how excited I am for it. So I think I'm good. All right. Um, let's see. And we talked about the poster. Uh, we talked about on our last episode, like, you know, we were um, kind of speculating about when they might release the soundtrack uh for the movie and we haven't gotten official confirmation from like starwars.com or anything but it is listed for pre-order on amazon right now and it says uh this item will be released on december 16th uh same day as the movie so um at least judging by that it seems like no early release for the soundtrack it'll still be coming out just the day of the movie just like the force awakens did uh, darn it <laughs> i hope so that it would but Looks like I'm going to have to listen to it after I see the movie again, but yeah. oh well. Oh well. Um, also, so we'll get into uh, now talking about some news from New York Comic Con, which happened 
just uh, yeah, that was just this past weekend. Um, yeah. And you know, not a ton of new stuff. Obviously, no like, well, yeah, no movie trailers or anything because that just came <laughs> out today. Um, but we did get some new uh, stuff about books and collecting news and stuff like that. Um, so they've just got a list of uh, some Star Wars books that are uh, going to be coming out here soon. Um, a lot of these, you know, Rogue One tie-in novels and stuff. So they've got uh, the Star Wars Galactic Atlas that uh, is going to be on sale November 3rd. Uh, Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One novel. Um, that's a lot of colons and uh, extra titles and stuff <laughs> in there. Um, <laughs> but that is, uh, you know, that's the, the Rogue One tie-in novel we've been talking about uh, from James Luceno. Uh, that is... Definitely going to be on my must-read list, and that comes out November fifteenth. Um, well, that one's earlier, and not on December sixteenth. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so we got a month to read that before, uh, you know, to get through that before the movie comes out. And that's kind of like with you know when the Force Awakens came out, the novelization of the movie came out the same day as the movie, but Aftermath came out. You know, well that was like even like three months before because that came out on Force Friday. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the uh, Rogue One Junior novel. Uh, the ebook comes out on December sixteenth, and the uh, physical novel comes out on March twenty eighth, twenty seventeen. Um, and then uh, the Rogue One: A Star Wars Story novel that comes, or the ebook of that comes out uh, December sixteenth as well. Um, and as far as I can see on here, it doesn't look like they have a release date. Oh, wait, no. Okay, so that one's January 3rd. January 3rd. Yeah, it's just way yeah. farther down the list for some reason. Like, the junior novel they have back-to-back and the um, the actual you know Rogue One novelization they've got way further down the list. But that's coming out on January 3rd if you want to wait to get the physical copy. Um, they've also got the Star Wars Rogue One Ultimate Sticker Encyclopedia, the uh, Rogue One Secret Mission, Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide, the Art of Rogue One, a Star Wars Story, uh, Star Wars Rogue One Mini Build, Star Wars Rogue One Profiles and Poster Book, the Art of Coloring Star Wars Rogue One, or I'm sorry, okay, all the ones I just said before the Art of Coloring all come out December 16th. So just like with The Force Awakens, there's going to be a bunch of new books and merchandise and soundtracks and all that good stuff that you can get on uh, the day the movie comes out. Um, and then, yeah, they've got... Uh, you know, some other coloring books and junior novels, you know, this uh, Star Wars Rogue One Rebel dossier. Uh, some of those come out a few days after, so it's December 20th. Um, then, like we said, January 3rd, the um, novel comes out, the junior novel on March 28th, uh, the young adult novel uh, comes out on May 2nd, and then the middle grade novel also comes out May 2nd. So, um, <laughs> a lot of novels to experience Rogue One again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, of all these, obviously, like I said, uh, Catalyst is definitely the one I'm most looking forward to. And then I might also pick up the visual guide and the art of Rogue One. Because, um, man, that I need to go through that. Uh, the art of the force awakens book again, but it was so good. Uh, so good. And I doubt that the rogue one book is going to be quite as extensive. Um, I mean, again, because they know the time period that they're working in and stuff. And so you're not going to get uh, some of the um, kind of way out there kind of concepts and stuff that we got for the force awakens, like, you know, that they had back in its inception when they were first thinking about what they could possibly do with it. Yeah. Um, 
I need to see some of the, you know, some of the initial concepts and ideas uh, and things for that movie that ended up being way different from what we got in the finished film. But I mean, that stuff was really cool to see. But then also just looking at the art itself, a lot of it just looks really nice. And it's always cool to get, uh, you know, nice looking Star Wars artwork. So um, I'm sure the Rogue One book will be worth it just for that. Yeah, more designs, the concepts of the Death Troopers is going to make it an automatic. <laughs> oh, that's true. Device, so. It's probably going to have a Death Trooper on the cover. Oh, we're going to just make the whole book the art of Death Troopers. Like, <laughs> that's what everyone's going to want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like them too, so I I might still pick that up. But yeah, I want to see you know concept art of Scarif and these new Walkers and Tie Fighters and all this other kind of stuff they got in here too. Yeah, those are a right way to do it. Those are the art book and the visual guide are definite must buys and the catalyst and the novel for Rogue One when that does come out. The physical copy. Mm-hmm. I haven't read an ebook yet, but <laughs> I know there's some that became exclusive that were ebooks that I should still check out for The Force Awakens, but I haven't had a chance to yet. Mm-hmm. One day I'll read one electronically. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, with all these new Star Wars movies that we're going to be getting over the next few years, I know like. I'm not going to spend all that much money on merchandise for every single one of them, or I'm going to go broke. Um, you know, and, and speaking of which, um, you know, before we get to the collecting panel, uh, what did you end up getting on, uh, what did they call it? Like rogue Friday or that was a fan's term, but I think the official hashtag for it was just go rogue. Yeah. But rogue Friday did sound better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. Cause you can go rogue, but you, you can't like we can't change the name of Friday to yeah, what what day is you it go rogue what, yeah what day is it today go rogue yeah. no it's not that's dumb yeah so everyone would just call it Rogue Friday but yeah so I went to the Toys R Us for the Midnight Madness thing again and I will say it turned out a lot better than what it was for the Force Awakens there wasn't as many people in line as there were this time but. When we went into the store, we got a free T-shirt, which was cool, a poster. But there was actually stuff on the shelves this time. Because <laughs> <laughs> for The Force Awakens, there was no new three and three quarter figures, Black Series, hardly anything. But this one, there was a lot, they had a lot of the new stuff on the shelves. And I didn't get a Death Trooper <laughs> for the Black Series, but I did make out with the two-pack Death Trooper and the Shore Trooper that came with the two uh, alien rebel soldiers there, which was awesome. And then I got a Black Series K2SO, which I barely just got. Because I was I was just gonna get the three and three quarter figure of K2SO, but when I was waiting online, someone must have just didn't want it anymore. They just left it on the counter. So I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll take it." <laughs> so I ended up getting the black series of K2SO, which was cool. So that was kind of the I will say it's the opposite of what happened last year, because my Midnight Madness didn't go as good for the Force Awakens, but the day after, where I got a bunch of awesome T-shirts and stuff, was a lot better. But this time, when I went to go shopping for T-shirts at like Kohl's, Target, and Walmart, there was hardly anything. They had no new merchandise as far as Rogue One shirts. I only mm. just got one. It was a cool one of the Death Trooper at Target, but I was expecting it to be like The Force Awakens where they had a bunch of different cool shirts. So that was a little disappointing. But I got the figures I wanted. Didn't get a Black Series Death Trooper, but I have one on the way thanks to you, Kyle, because apparently in Arizona they're – more well stocked <laughs> with those figures as they are here in Chino Hills, California. So, thank you for picking one up for me. I'm just gonna wait for it to get in the mail, and it's gonna be glorious to put it probably right beside my Captain Phasma Black Series figure. So, it's just awesome that I know there's one coming and it's on the way. So, thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, I had to help out a friend in need because I mean, you had already told me 
about you know your midnight madness thing and uh going and looking for these figures and how they were already out of the black series death trooper and all this kind of stuff and meanwhile i'm sitting over here and like i said i wasn't planning to spend a ton of money on this you know my my hype levels for rogue one are not at the level they were for the force awakens so i didn't go out to uh you know anywhere at midnight this time um i went to target on saturday at you know, late in the afternoon, like around 4 or 5 p.m., I just had some other stuff to pick up, and then I was going out afterwards, and I was like, you know what, let me, you know, check for Star Wars stuff while I'm here. And they were loaded, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, they had, a dis- uh. they had a display right by the front that was, you know, like a cardboard case with all the, you know, sort of cutout sections, and they've got all the different kinds of toys and figures and stuff in there, and had, you know, some lightsabers and some three and three quarter inch, but they probably had a good, like, 26 inch Black Series figures just in that section, Um, and I'm looking through there, and they had, uh, you know, I think they had a couple of Death Troopers, and they had a I uh, unmasked Kylo Ren. Um, and so I, I grabbed a Death Trooper and a Kylo Ren because those were like the two uh, Black Series figures that I really want. I also, I kind of want K2SO, but at this point, I think I'm going to wait and see the movie first. Like, I I really want to love that character. And I mean, I, I like the design and everything we've heard about him so far, but that's just one of those ones where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, like, after I see the movie, if I like that character as much as I hope I am going to, then I'll buy his Black Series figure too. Um, and maybe get Baze and Cheer, but again, they got to be really awesome too, and then I'll end up, you know, spending more money than I was planning on, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so anyway, then I go in the back where... Um, you know, where all the, the Star Wars stuff is, like, in the regular toy aisle, um, and they've got another, I think maybe, like, at the end of the aisle, they had another, like, special Rogue One display, and they had, like, another Death Trooper in there, and then on just the regular shelves where they have, you know, just the regular, uh, like, where the figures normally are, there was another Death Trooper there, and at that point, I was <laughs> oh, like, man. okay, let me see if Tim has had any luck finding a Death Trooper yet, because if he hasn't, like, I might as well get him one of these. We're loaded over here. Um, yeah, so anyway, I picked up, uh, you know, I got the two Black Series Death Troopers. I got the unmasked Kylo Ren. Um, I got the, uh, a, a couple of the little mini, um, the Black Series little mini vehicles, um, like the Titanium Series or whatever. I got the U-Wing and the TIE Striker. Um which I didn't really need to get because originally I got those just so I could get my total over $50 and then use the target coupon mm. where you could get $10 <laughs> off on a Star Wars purchase of 50 bucks. Um, and then I ended up getting you the Death Trooper and was like, oh, well, that's more than 50 anyway. I didn't really need the little vehicles, but they look cool and I like collecting those. Um, I got a TIE Fighter and a couple of X-Wings from The Force Awakens. So, um, you know, I'll probably get like one or two of those with every movie that comes out and build a little mini fleet. Um and then I think the next day, it was maybe Sunday or Monday, I stopped by Walmart um, and because Walmart's the only place that has the Black Series three and three quarter inch figures. Um, and they just came out with a new wave that um, has Ahsoka like from the later seasons of Clone Wars. And even though it's kind of a realist, a more realistic style and not really done in like the Clone Wars animation style as far as the character model, um, still 
you know, she's she's got that outfit from the later seasons of Clone Wars, and I was never able to find that Clone Wars figure, and so I had to go ahead and pick that figure up for myself, too, just to sort of make my Clone Wars collection feel complete after all these years. So um, nice. that was the extent of my haul from uh, not Rogue Friday, but Rogue Weekend, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Happy on the toy front, but disappointed on the shirt front for me yeah. <laughs> for this go around. Also, the uh, that Ahsoka novel is out now too, so that's next on my list of um, you know novels to pick up. And hope I mean that one's like a Jew. I think that's like a young adult novel. Yeah. Um. So hopefully, should be a pretty quick, easy read, and I'll try to get through that before Catalyst comes out. Yeah, I got to get that this weekend. Yeah, unfortunately, I looked on Amazon today, and uh, they're out of stock. But I'm thinking this might be the first time I might actually go ahead and get a, uh, like, download an audio book um, and just listen to it, like, on my way to work. One, because I am bad about making time to read all these Star Wars books that I've been getting, and I've still got, <laughs> like, a stack of them piled up that I need to read. Um and but you know if I could just listen to it going back and forth to work like that's time when I'm not really doing anything else anyway except listening to music so I could do that but then also the fact that it's narrated by uh, Ashley Eckstein is pretty cool so yeah it's um, like it, it almost feels well, even though I want to get the book I have to get the audio version too just to hear yeah. Ashley Eckstein do another Ahsoka performance yeah so I, I'll consider that um, but either way I just want to uh, you know get into that and. As much as I sometimes take my time reading these books and stuff, like I did read Dark Disciple and anything that is remotely Clone Wars related, uh, you know, immediately jumps to the top of my list. So, yeah, and I'm hearing good things about the Ahsoka book too. So, mm-hmm. it's like it's another good one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so also, let's see, we were talking about the books from, uh, the New York Comic Con panel. Um, then they also had a Hasbro panel. Um, where they showed off some new toys and stuff. Um, although it didn't seem like there was as much here as they sometimes show off, but this was pretty much all Rogue One related. Um, I mean, they did show some new, uh, like the Galactic Heroes figures, um, which are those ones for kind of younger kids. And they've got, um, you know, Kylo Ren and Rey and Chewie and a new AT-AT Walker and stuff like that. Um, they showed a lot of new uh, six-inch Black Series figures that are re- going to be coming out. But again, these are pretty much all Rogue One. So we've got the Shore Trooper. Uh, we've got Director Krennic. Um, we've got a new six-inch Vader figure, but it's um, it's different from the first one they released. And I guess this one is supposed to be more closely modeled on uh, the new... Yeah, the version of Vader from A New Hope, which... Um, I'm not sure about the other one they released. I guess that's supposed to be either Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. Um, Honestly, as much of a diehard Star Wars fan as I am, I've never really paid that close attention to, like, the differences between Vader's outfit, you know, his his armor or his mask or whatever in the different movies. Yeah, they're Um, definitely there. You'll notice them if you (laughs) start paying more attention. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing that I did notice is they... Uh, they said the um, like the eye lenses on this version are more red, which you can definitely mm-hmm. tell in A New Hope. Like there's that scene where he's in his Tie Fighter, uh, and Han, you know, Han shoots down his wingman, and he goes what, and looks up, and you can like see right through the, the eye pieces. <laughs> um, but other than that, like, yeah, the, I mean, I've got a Vader, so I don't need to get another one. But for people that want like every different version of the character and uh, 
you know, pay attention to all those little details that are different between, you know, the different movies. Um, it's cool that they're, you know, coming out with a new version of that, especially because this is also uh, supposedly, you know, what they modeled the Rogue One version of Vader after. So this yeah. is kind of like another Rogue One figure, too. Um, and then also uh, they've got six inch uh, bays and Chirrut. Um, and again, Chirrut comes with his staff and then also this crossbow thing that he's got. Um, and so, yeah, it's just those ones. And then um, also some three and three quarter inch figures of uh, Bay or no, of Chirrut and uh, Bodhi, the pilot, and Admiral Radis, who's the uh, this blue and gray uh, Mon Calamari uh, that we've seen in like the behind the scenes stuff. Um, and then a Death Trooper and a. Um, I think this is, is this is a shore trooper or it's just a scarif trooper in the description here, but, um, and then a gin also in her like Imperial disguise. Um, so again, pretty much just all rogue one stuff from this, uh, from this panel here, which is kind of to be expected and makes sense. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, I've been waiting on that six inch black series Revan for a long time, guys. <laughs> I know what we're talking about. What would be the perfect time to release a, that Darth Revan figure? Because I, I don't think it takes this long, over a year now, since it's, it won that poll. No, I, it's, I think they're sitting on it. Um, you know, it's not like it takes that long to, to mold and manufacture it, especially since this year at San Diego Comic-Con, like, they had one on display. Um, <laughs> yeah. And showed, like, we, we've made this figure um but i think just in terms of the marketing and sort of the strategy of when they release stuff you know right now they're trying to focus on rogue one and you know hype up all those new characters and stuff not that they couldn't slip revan into you know one of those waves of you know five four or five characters and still have the rest of the figures be I know. Rogue <laughs> one figures but no i think we'll probably get uh revan and sabine because you know they both, uh, you know, Revan won that poll, but Sabine was in second. They decided they were going to go, go ahead and make both of those figures, and that was uh, the same year, which was summer of 2015. So I I would think we'll get both of them probably sometime the first half of next year, um, because then the latter half of next year, they're going to want to be building up to episode eight and, you know, promoting those characters. So um, hopefully we don't have to wait too much longer for that. And then just see how hard it is to find. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you ever find one and I don't have one yet, I hope you'll return the favor. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Heck, if I find them, I'll probably just buy like five and, you know, send some to friends, sell some on eBay. Because, man, that is going to be one that is hard to find. I know, I bet. But from what you tell me for how many death troopers they had <laughs> last week, and hopefully they will have that many revens when it does come uh, out. That's true. Like... But, well, see, it's going to depend, though, on when they release it. Because, I mean, let's say they don't release that figure for another year, and it comes out next year on the day that, you know, all the uh, Episode 8 merchandise gets released. Well, then I'll be waiting and, you know, I'll, I'll be hitting every Walmart and Toys R Us after midnight trying to find it. And then I'll be going to every Target and, you know, anywhere else that sells toys like <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning when they open. 
But if it just comes, you know, if they just release it as part of a wave in like April or whatever, the frustrating thing about that is you never know when your store is going to get it. You know, some guy could be selling it on eBay because he found it at his Walmart in New York. And, you know, I might not see one on stores for another month or something like that. Um, or if it's hard to find, I might never find one. But, you know, it, it just there's not always like a solid release date for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So that might be a little harder to track down. Um but see, that's why I was hoping that it would come out on Rogue Friday. Yeah, because you know, there's going to be no street date where they have to hold on to a Revan figure if it's not part of the exactly. like, Friday weekend. So, yeah, yeah, you just have to keep your eye out. Oh well, I will uh, definitely be vigilant once that does start popping up. <laughs> well, happy hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's happy. Hope it's not miserable. Yeah, but, if you go to so many stores and nothing, then it might become miserable, won't mm-hmm. um, Which I've definitely had that happen before, especially with some of the harder-to-find Clone Wars figures like that Ahsoka. Um, but then, um, you know, with all the stuff that came out of New York Comic Con, just the last big thing was they revealed a new cinematic trailer for the next expansion for Star Wars The Old Republic, um, which I still have not gotten back to playing, but after seeing this, I'm like, okay, I gotta get back and finish up that fallen empire storyline and uh then see where they're going with this new one i mean it seems kind of like a content just a continuation of the knights of the fallen empire uh story kind of dealing with that same group of characters um but this whole trailer pretty much uh it, it almost parallels that last one that they released where there's um the father who is uh like emperor valcorion or something and he's uh you know raising his two sons who end up becoming conquerors and you know attacking the republic and you see them killing a bunch of jedi and stuff and then at the end you know one turns against the other and they fight each other um but then also you find out through the story they have a sister named uh valen who is almost like the most powerful one in the family but also the one who's the most kind of slightly unhinged and, you know, is a little scary and unstable um, and unpredictable. And so this trailer focuses on, you know, the whole relationship between her and her mother and like her as a kid watching her brothers train. And it's cool because there are actually some shots that are kind of taken right out of the the last trailer, but then like shown from her perspective where she's watching it happen. And then she's like, oh, I want to be like them and, you know, starts trying to train in the force and stuff and then ends up being like, crazy scary powerful um and uh you know her dad locks her away in this monastery and then her mom goes looking for her years later and it ends up you know with this confrontation between her and her mom um and man just but as as always with these trailers like just the visuals and the animation and stuff they just completely knock it out of the park um and you know just uh man i i loved it so yeah, you know, I never played the Old Republic games, but I do love watching these trailers. And I've seen some complaints about this one on Twitter about saying, oh, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It feels like others oh, trying to be something else. But I like it because one of my gripes with the first early trailers when the Old Republic was announced was this is supposed to be set thousands of years and it looks like it's taking place in, you know, prequel era or original trilogy era Star Wars. Stuff doesn't look that different. But these trailers, it does feel like this is how the Jedi were and different other groups were in 
3,000 or however many thousand years this game takes place in. It does feel like it's old, it's ancient, and not similar to what we're used to in the Star Wars universe. And I like that feel to these trailers. So I dug this one, too, even though I'm not going to play the game. I still enjoy watching these trailers and getting a different side of Star Wars than what we're used to. So um, Mm -hmm. I liked it, too. Yeah, I mean, this kind of stuff that feels a little bit different, like this is the kind of stuff that I want to see more of Mm -hmm. from comic books and video games and even you know spin-off films or maybe future animated series like explore different areas of the star wars timeline and show um you know maybe not completely different stuff that doesn't feel like star wars at all but you know show like some ancient jedi knights and sith lords and stuff that you know doesn't look exactly like the jedi and the sith that we see in uh you know the the saga films and um you know so i i think it's i like i like that it's it's close enough that it's recognizable as Star Wars, mostly just because yeah. you've got people using the force and fighting with lightsabers. But um, it definitely is, you know, a slightly different aesthetic. It's a different time period. It's, you know, again, like you said, just it's it's different from what we've seen before. And yeah, I love that as long as it's, you know, still tied closely enough that it's like recognizable as Star Wars. And as long as it, you know, looks cool and has a good story and cool visuals and stuff, then I'm all for it. Yep, exactly. Man, nothing bugged me more than those. I think it was like the second and third Old Republic trailers where those Republic soldiers look just like clones. And then you had that bounty hunter who almost looked exactly like Cad Bane. I was like, come on, like, <laughs> be a little more original than that for something that takes place thousands of years before the movies. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, these ones are a much more a better improvement in that regard, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even that's, you know, that, uh, that storyline in the game too, does kind of take you off into some uncharted territory and away from just the Republic versus Sith conflict, uh, where you see a lot of those familiar looking, you know, troopers and stuff like that. Uh, well, that's good at that least. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, a new aesthetic there. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then lastly, um, well, I know you're more into this than I am, so I'll let you go ahead and give an update on some of the comic stuff that's been going on lately. Yeah, so just yesterday, the final issue of the Darth Vader comic came out. And out of that, and spoiler warning for those who didn't read that issue yet, but um, it turns out one of the major characters, a new character is created for that series, uh, Dr. Afra. Uh, she's getting her own ongoing monthly series now I, I know they announced recently that there's going to be a new ongoing to be announced and it looks like this one is it and this one i'm excited for because dr afra i thought was one of the better new characters to come out of the new comics because yeah, she's like an archaeologist that darth vader recruits and they had a pretty cool working relationship but at the end of the issue darth vader made it like he he thinks he killed her but she had it worked out where she made him think that and she still survived so her adventures are going to continue, and I think they could be make for some good stories. But I think it'd be better if it was a limited series, or maybe just a five-issue uh, miniseries instead of ongoing. Because this is Star Wars. There's so many great characters who deserve an ongoing monthly series for comics. And I just, I don't know, I don't see this one lasting too long. Probably maybe a, the same amount of issues Kanan did, maybe less, but... She was definitely a fan favorite character, so it might have some legs, but I just think for an ongoing, there's probably other characters <laughs> that I would have liked to see before uh, Dr. Afra got one. But again, I'm going to check out the first issue because she was a good character and she can have some good stories, I think, with just her on her own and her two droids. But also just wanted to say now that Darth Vader is over, just how much I love that comic series. The final issue 
was a great wrap-up story to what was a 25-issue arc. Not everyone was great. There was a one story arc in there that I felt was kind of dragged on a little bit and wasn't fully invested in. But overall, it was just a great look into this period of Darth Vader's life. And from where it started, because it picks up right after the Death Star blew up, and to where this last issue ends, it's a perfect you know, fill-in of the gaps between A New Hope and Empire. The way issue 25 ends, you can just go straight into The Empire Strikes Back. It's that smooth of a transition, and it fits in that gap nicely. So it was a really great one, a great run, and it actually had some great Star Wars moments, period, in there. We find out how Darth Vader learns that Luke is his son and how he deals with that. There's just some great emotional moments with Darth Vader and him looking back. Uh, on his past about Padme when he was Anakin and just trying to get Luke to join him. You see it the his motivation for Empire is all laid out in this comic series. So I definitely recommend it to anyone who has yet to read it to if you're on the fence or you're not into comics. There's just some great Star Wars moments in there that I think every fan should experience. So I would recommend picking it up once probably the final trade comes out and you could just, you know, read the 25 issues that way as one big story. So it was just really good. Definitely the best uh, comic series in the new Star Wars line since Marvel took over. It was really, really good. Mm. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to try to do at some point. It's just like, you know, one day just get all the trades for cheap. Because once those have all been out for a while, I mean, you can get those on Amazon for, you know, you find them on sale for like yeah. 10, 12 bucks, something like that. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be worth it. Yeah, I kind of gave up a while ago on collecting all the individual issues of these comics. Um, but, you know, that kind of gets expensive when they're, you know, four or five bucks a pop. But then when you can get, you know, a bunch of collected issues for, you know, only like two or three times that much for like five or six issues, I'm like, okay, that I can work with. Yeah, and I think it was in the Darth Vader annual, but if you ever wanted to see Darth Vader dance you get it in one of those stories <laughs> and it's awesome i will just say that <laughs> yeah that's never something i thought i wanted to see but i don't know yeah but if they make it work it a pretty it was a funny and cool moment at the same time <laughs> yeah um all right well yeah and then i mean as far as the dr afro like i saw some people on twitter being like really excited about that and i'm like wait who's getting their own comic like <laughs> i think i remember seeing her on the cover of like issue number five or something like that but uh, i have no idea who this is um but yeah i mean hopefully it turns out to be a good series just because you know more good star wars stories are never a bad thing um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see where they end up going with it. I'm still waiting for, you know, a, a prequel or Clone Wars or Old Republic or, you know, just something outside of the confines of between episodes four and five from I the know, comics. I'm with you. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we had, you know, the Anakin or the Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, miniseries and, uh, the Kanan one and everything, but I'm like, I want like a big new ongoing series that's you know just set somewhere else yeah that's, that's my only complaint with the star wars comics right now too many of them are set in the same t time period between a new hope and empire it's slowly getting better but it needs to be more diverse as far as where it takes place in the timeline yeah um but you know hopefully we'll get that at some point and i'm sure we will at you know yeah. sometime soon um just like, I mean, when the old expanded universe started, all of that was just 
you know, the Thrawn trilogy and the Jedi Academy trilogy and everything taking place after episode six. And it took a while for, you know, them to start branching out too. Of course, when that all started coming out, we didn't even have the prequels yet. But, um, you know, you look at how, how much that grew and expanded over the years. And I'm sure this new canon is going to do that at some point as well. Yeah, because we know it's not going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> They're yeah. going to need new eras to tell these stories. Yeah, and you can't keep telling stories in between episodes four and five for ten years. Otherwise, exactly. you'll end up with, you know, ongoing series about, like, the cooks working in the Death Star kitchen because you will have literally <laughs> used up every other character in the Star Wars universe. Let's get look into more droid spies in the original trilogy era. No, How about that? no, no. <laughs> No, that was the first thing that popped into my head. And I was like, I'm not even going to bring that up. Well, I'm happy I did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out what happened to Mieber Gascon. Well, so there's an ongoing series I find <laughs> right there. Uh, did he join the Empire? Did he join the Rebellion? Ooh. I mean, don't you, doesn't everyone find that out? <laughs> was he a map... Did, always a map reader even with the rebellion of the empire did he get promoted to something else did he fully become a general does see these uh, are the questions that need to be answered to does the bleak void of abafar still haunt his dreams <laughs> eating trash <laughs> does he still do about that? all right well anyway as you can tell we've run out of stuff to talk about um <laughs> Hey, don't treat me with Gascon as a footnote that doesn't deserve a conversation. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't say that, but if you want to <laughs> put words in my mouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, I think we've hit all the big points there. So uh, anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? We got any emails or Twitter comments or anything like that? Yeah, just real quick. We got two responses regarding the trailer on Twitter. Um, the first one came from comes from our buddy Matt Cranky from the Rebels podcast, who lists his favorite moments from the trader or trader <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> no one's a trader here. <laughs> his favorite moments from FN two one nine nine. That was good, but he goes favorite moments: Vader, possible Jedi sand sculpture, Krennic telling Vader how powerful the Death Star is. And then we got a message from Angel Ashby on Twitter saying, "I loved how much they mentioned hope." This trailer really started to make me feel this connection to A New Hope, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I agree. Like I mentioned, where he's, it really feels like it's going to be a smooth transition right into A New Hope. And it does make sense that they are focusing on hope as being a theme in this trailer. And even in some of the marketing stuff, you see Rebellion built on hope. And it's only natural that you want to tie it into the movie it's leading into called A New Hope. So definitely good that they're, I hope they don't, overdo it where they keep saying that too much where they bang you over the head but if it's just like in certain moments uh, that we got in this trailer i think it'll be good and fitting to drive home that theme of hope and then we get the new hope in the next movie that takes place in the timeline so yeah i agree with that too angel mm -hmm. yeah definitely i mean again like you said i don't want them to like bash us over the head with it it'll be like we get it the next movie is a new hope you're clever ha <laughs> but you know, I, I don't mind a couple references to it there although i never really thought of you know, the, the title of A New Hope, I never really thought of that as referring to the Rebellion. Um, I mean, for me, that was always more referring to Luke. Oh, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Especially, yeah, I mean, if you just watch episode three and then episode four back to back, it's like Luke is Obi-Wan and Yoda's new hope for destroying the Sith and, you know, restoring balance to the Force. 
But it all um, ties to, you know, just hope for the galaxy, too, which but yeah, is what exactly. the rebellion is doing on yeah. their part. So. Yeah, I guess they do have some newfound hope after blowing up the Death Star. So, exactly. um, yeah, that all ties in nicely. Um, just, yeah, hopefully they don't uh, go overboard with it. But, um, yeah, I'm sure it's all going to end up being great. Man, it's it's so cool that we have only, like, two months left till this movie comes out. So we're going to be back in the theaters watching another new Star Wars movie. It doesn't feel like that long since The Force Awakens came out. I know. I, mean, I said this before. It's, it still feels like we're on a Force Awakens high sometimes. Where you just find yourself, or at least I do, thinking about that movie in certain moments from it like you would any new Star Wars movie as you're trying to pass the time over the next three years <laughs> for when the next one comes out. But nope. We just got a few more months for the next one right now, and mm-hmm. I couldn't be happier. It's playing out as well as I hoped it would. <laughs> Yeah, what we knew if we we're gonna get a Star Wars movie every year, just so awesome. Yeah, it's like instead of having to wait three years between movies, we have to wait two years between movies and then get another movie in the middle of those two years. Yeah, not to mention the awesome Star Wars TV show, the comics, books, <laughs> so mm-hmm. much. Absolutely. So yeah, we might as well make it, you know, the official motto of this podcast. But it is a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Oh, yes. <laughs> We've said it before. I'll say it again now, and I'm sure we'll say it many more times. Yeah, we will bash that over bash that over your head. Yes. <laughs> that phrase. You will be happy to be a Star Wars fan, and you will like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't like it, get out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we really have to bash people over the head with that, because, like, I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening to us ramble on about all this stuff, you like Star Wars as much as we do. So, um. You know, definitely glad to have all you guys along for the ride with us. Uh, thanks to you guys who uh, you know chimed in on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Um, always love hearing from you guys and interacting with you. So as always, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. Um, or, you know, just go to Facebook and type in Star Wars The Saga Continues and search for it because nobody's got time for... Uh, urls that long yeah um and then you can check out our website which is starwarstsc.com and you can send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com um and also just want to give a a special thanks and shout out to our friend michael cohen who went ahead and made a cool new logo for us um which i just like love um which, uh, you know, I, I was kind of surprised because, like, when he first said, you know, hey, you know, I'm making a new logo for you guys. What do you think? I was like, I don't know. I liked our old one. Um, didn't feel like we really needed a new one. But then once I saw this new one that he came up with, I was like, nope, that's it. It's perfect. Because um, it's basically it's like the name of our podcast, but kind of done in the style of uh, the Force Awakens logo. But then um, he kind of made it a little bit more greenish instead of uh you know, the, the stark yellow, cause I didn't want it to be exactly like the force awakens logo, but then he also added in the, uh, the Jedi order logo in the background that we had on our last, uh, you know, cover art there, um, which I really like. I mean, you Same. know, I'm, I'm always a fan of the Jedi. Um, yeah. not that I'm one, not that I'm necessarily one of those people that would ever get like a star Wars tattoo, but if I did like the Jedi order symbol would be pretty high on my list of things I might want to get. So I think that's cool having that in there. Yeah, same here. It was like the important thing I still wanted to have in the logo because I, I agree that is my favorite symbol out of all the Star Wars, just slightly above the Imperial one. So if I got like a decal on my car, it would be the Jedi logo. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely a great update. 
to our logo, which I agree. I love it. And I actually, that Jedi logo there just makes it pop. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a decal on my car of the Rebel logo, which I think at the time I got just because I thought it would be more recognizable and that maybe not everybody would recognize the um, the Jedi logo. But thinking back on it now, I'm like, no, nah, I kind of wish I had gotten the Jedi logo instead. But yeah, oh well. it, for I'll those who recognize it, you know how hardcore they are, Star Wars fans, exactly. because it is not that recognizable. So, yeah, yeah, you got to get one. I mean, I know a guy who has like the Jedi uh, has a decal of the Jedi Order logo on his truck, and he's like, I mean, he loves Star Wars, but he's not quite as big of a fan as I am. Like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't do a podcast and play Battlefront as much as we do, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, the, the the next time, whenever I get my next car, which I'm not like looking for one right now or anything but next time i get one that'll be probably the first thing i put on there yeah i, um, I would think that'd be if you're going to get a decal of star wars that would be my number one choice so yeah i would encourage you to do that too <laughs> i probably will all right well anyway thank you guys again for listening also don't forget to check out uh thunderquack.com where you can find all the other uh awesome uh, podcasts on our Thunderquack podcast network. Um, you can support our Patreon over there as well if you'd like to uh, contribute and help us be able to uh, you know, keep making awesome shows for you guys. Um, we might have some merchandise available soon, you know, if you want to uh, pick up a t-shirt that's got our cool new logo on it. Um, although I'm not sure what that logo is actually going to end up being. Um, we So some of you may have seen like on our, uh, our Twitter or Facebook earlier, um, I think it might have just been earlier this week or last week or something. Um, we posted that we had some merchandise available, and then I guess there were some copyright issues. Uh, since we have the name Star Wars in our podcast, that might have been you know why that got taken down. So um, I think Mike's going to try to rework uh, the logo or some of that artwork or something for us, and uh, you know come up with a new design that we can uh, use to sell T-shirts and stuff. Um, so once we get that all worked out, we will definitely let you guys know um, and put the link up to that. Um, but anyway, uh, hope you guys enjoyed, uh, the Rogue One trailer and our discussion of it. And, uh, you can be like us and go ahead and watch it over and over again till the actual movie comes out. Um, not sure when we'll be back with our next episode, but hopefully we, uh, you know, get some more cool stuff to talk about here pretty soon. Um, as we, you know, head into these last two months leading up to the movie. So, uh, we will see you guys next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody.